welcome back to another episode of Marcus Aurelius's Meditations for Modern Life, presented by myself, Adam Bates. And guys, before I get on with the show, I just want to say a massive thank you to all your support. You know, like over recent months, recent weeks, I've received so many messages from people reaching out who've been enjoying the show. Some of you have managed to get through all the episodes, which is pretty damn amazing, Um, which does mean, of course, I've got to do some more for you. Um, Also to those who have managed to make a donation to the show as well, like I really, really appreciate your support. And of course, even just leaving a rating and review um, or commenting on the episodes of Spotify, if we remember every time time that you do so it helps the show become more popular which increases the chances of someone else finding it on their feed and you know obviously if it's improved your life i hope it can do the same for many others so that's certainly a good thing anyway guys thank you so much really does mean the world to me and with that note let's continue with a new episode today i'm reading book four passage 34 Gladly surrender yourself to Clotho. Let her spin your thread into whatever web she wills. Okay, let's start by picturing this. Thread of silk or cotton dangling in the wind. What is its purpose? Where is it leading to? Have faith though, for one day that meaning will be revealed. That thread will be part of something far greater. Then you will see its purpose. One of many threads that we've together have combined to make something wonderful. Some of those threads may be taking you down, but there are others that will take you upward. Some may appear to simply go from side to side, but those also have a purpose. Do not hold resentment when a thread is leading you downwards, when you're experiencing challenges in your life. But look for meaning in it. Look for meaning in those challenges. Know that it too is an essential part of something far greater. Something beautiful. And Marcus is touching on Greek mythology here. With reference to the three goddesses of fate. In ancient Greek mythology, these three sisters were known as the Mori. Uh, Their role was to command the destiny of every being, living and divine, and to ensure that each life were to be followed in accordance with what the universe had assigned to it. The three sisters were called Lachesis, Atropos and Clotho. Lachesis was responsible for the beginning of the thread, that is deciding when a person was to be born. Atropos for cutting the thread or controlling when life was destined to end. And in between the two, Clotho controlled the spindle. Clotho was responsible for weaving together the elements of an individual's life. Now, something that I've touched on before is that the voids we experience in life will often lead to things which we later come to value the most. Consider that each experience in life shapes us. So if we feel a great pain as a result of something, that memory will be etched into our psyche far more profoundly than events which carry with them little emotional context. If you think about it, the events that happen on a day-to-day basis that we bear no emotion to, we don't really remember, right? But remember the things that really excite us, the, the great bits of news or what have you, pleasurable moments in our life. We remember also the most painful moments in her life. Um, example here would be how Clotho may have been spinning my threads when she dictated that I was to be extremely skinny at school and then to break out in the worst acne of anyone in my year. And this pain 
at the time, be it from bullying or failing to gain any attention from the girls that I'd like, would create a void. But that void later led to my highest value in life. The void of physical appearance, ensuring that I would later highly value physical appearance. You see, I can recall a holiday, just so finished university, when I swam the length of the swimming pool and had an asthma attack. Now, for someone who was a national level swimmer, when I was much, much younger, this was extremely worrying at the time. Basically, that unhealthy university lifestyle and dreams of becoming a rock star had taken their toll. I could have turned back to swimming or an endurance-based activity, which may have made more sense at the time, right, to improve your cardiovascular health and what have you. But it was actually weight training that I began as soon as I returned home, and to which I very quickly got the bug for. Now, that training, along with the understanding of the nutritional components, quickly turned into an obsession. I became devoted to improving my physical appearance. From that moment, I saw the earliest results. You can imagine what followed. For someone in their mid-twenties, I was suddenly getting positive comments based on my physical appearance, and I was receiving a lot of attention from girls. And of course, at the time, you know, I wouldn't sort of look and you know understand that kind of stuff, but but ultimately it's that that sort of void. Of that, of that in my younger years that made me value it when I did sort of, you know, receive those things, that gift physical appearance, the confidence, the attention. You see, it's, it's not just that it transformed how I look, but it transformed my character too. From someone who's extremely shy and lacking in self-confidence to someone who's extremely confident. And later I became known as someone who exuded a positive energy and aura on entering the room. You know, something that I could have only dreamed of as a teenager, but that's also something that I try and give my clients now as well, because obviously that helps you in all aspects of your life. Um, that obsession and fascination with learning about the human body, training, and nutrition, not only allowed me to continue to improve my own physique, but it also gave me a vast amount of knowledge that would allow me to do the same with others. Consider also the discipline organization, routine and drive that such an undertaking as progressing your physique instills in you. What of that university degree? If it was prior to my obsession with fitness, what was I doing? For this though, I can use another example of Clovo weaving her magic. For my first obsession in life in my teenage years was music. I was the worst musician in my college course. I'm a terrible singer. <laughs> However, I finished university being known as a great songwriter and producer amongst my peers, and I achieved a first in my degree. When the fitness obsession took over, though, it'd be quite easy to think that those years were been wasted. However, you think about it, that skill and talent for lyrics, that ability to manipulate sound, they now come to fruition through the editing of podcasts and, of course, the written word. You see, that was part of my life. Those threads early on were needed too. I can continue. For most of my greatest challenges to come following relationships. In 2016, something I've touched on before, so I'll do so briefly here. <laughs> following a breakup, which was initially of my own accord, it was me who quickly began to struggle without that former partner in my life. I sunk into depression, had anxiety attacks, and even ended up in hospital following an overdose. At this time, I had little understanding of mental health. The few books I possessed were related to fitness and nutrition, and was yet to have any interest at all in philosophy or psychology. On the spell of the moment, on New Year's Day 2017, I decided to attempt to make a flight, feeling that joining a friend for a break in Malta may be just what I needed to help me kickstart a feeling of happiness again. 
Decided upon this venture only an hour and a half before the departure, I sit the seemingly impossible task of arriving at the airport in time to purchase my ticket for the flight. Attempting to cover a distance of 80 miles in 45 minutes through a storm, I crashed my car into the barrier at the side of a quiet motorway at 130 miles an hour. Not only was I unharmed, but without even stepping out of the car, I turned the key and the engine started. I continued my journey and at the airport more events conspired for me to ensure that I made that flight. And guys, as soon as I sat on that plane, I looked out the window. Um, I actually even took a photo of the view out of that window just in that moment. I thought it may be useful in a later words because I share it as a slide when I public speak. But I looked out the window and I felt I'd been saved for a reason and that reason being that I had a role to play in this life. And that being due to having the gift that helps people improve their lives. And from that moment, my value shifted again. From wanting to see the best visual results in my clients and encouraging whatever was needed to obtain that objective. To the desire to just make them happy with all aspects of their life. And knowing that improving their physique was a tool to something far greater. More had changed too following that experience. For I felt an overwhelming gratitude to be alive and a gratitude for smaller things in life that have previously taken for granted. Remember thinking, Adam, you do what you love for a living, are as good as it as anyone else. You have all you want in life, and yet you wanted to end your own life. How could you be so stupid? Here too began my first steps into understanding the human mind, for I wondered how it was possible that in the space of a car journey and getting on a plane, I transformed from wanting to end my life to then feeling this overwhelming sense of gratitude for everything that I have in life. See, Clovo had more in store for me and with my next two relationships over the years that followed, both of which have profoundly shaped my life since and both saw me being subjected to coercive control. I did not understand this following the first, was instead baffled by how a relationship would seem so perfect one moment and the next it's all over. We must have broken up and got back together every other week for a year. At the end of this first relationship, the police ended up at my apartment and looked over a sequence of messages on my phone. And after doing so for 45 minutes, they turned to me and said, this is the worst coercive control we've ever seen. You must report her or she'll go to jail for this. At the time, I did not understand the human mind the way that I do now and had no inkling at all that the behaviour patterns on her part were intentional to create a desired result in me. So I declined to do so. Instead, I informed the police that I've already been through challenges in my life. So I knew I would be okay and would use it for good in other ways. You know what? Following that, I began public speaking. And the first time I did so, I shared a slide with a quote I'd found from someone called... Marcus Aurelius. And from that moment, my journey into philosophy had begun. Also, of course, psychology, wanting to understand what happened to my mind, why I was able to feel certain ways throughout. You see, I needed those events. Without them, I would not be doing this podcast, right? You could perhaps also imagine how much this has given me to benefit my work with clients too. I desire making people happy. Well, I needed more for this, as I could give more to others. And Clotho gave me more. 
that obsession with the human body has shifted to an obsession with understanding the human mind. And now I spent as much time helping clients with challenges they may experience in their life from a mental perspective as I do with their health and physical fitness. I see the profound link between the two, the two areas that optimize health and well-being as being my role on this planet. Clotho was not done though and she continues to give me more in the years that followed and will continue to do so in the years ahead also all of which help me improve as a person and give me more and more that I can use to help improve the lives of others. When you look at every element of your own character, your interests, your hopes, dreams and the things that you're most grateful for, Consider the challenges from your past that may have resulted in these elements. For whilst it may not always be obvious, there is a meaning to all the pains and challenges we experience in life. And can you imagine when you can look back over your life and see how every single challenge or painful experience that you've endured was needed and actually gave you so much? When that's the data set that you have, you start to live without having negative perceptions on anything. You don't see the challenges that come your way as being bad. You know that they're going to serve you somehow because every single one in the past has. Guys, thank you very much for listening. Please do keep up your support. And if you're enjoying the shows, feel free to reach out. Let me know my social media. Um, probably Instagram's the best place to drop me a message. If you like it's at ADZ Fitness. That's ads fitness. Um, and thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time.